Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakutu Sichis, Chedekir Dalid, Parshas Dvarim, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learn how Mesha rebuked the Yidden. And we learn a teaching of Rashi on one of the rebukes. And there are six parts in the sicha. The rebel, number one, ask two questions on this Rashi. Number two, answer both questions. Number three, point out a difficulty that remains based on this answer. Number four, answer the difficulty. Number five, show how the theme of this answer runs through the whole Pasuk. And number six, six present what we can learn from this for the time of Bein HaMetzarim. In the beginning of our parsha on the Pasuk, Elad Varm Ashadibar Meishel Kol Yisrael, these are the words that Moshe spoke to all the Yidden, Be'ever Ayardin, on the other side of the Yardin, on the east side, Ba'midbar, in the Midbar, Ba'arava, in the Arava, Meil Suf, opposite Suf, Bein Paran, between Paran, Ubein Teifel, Velovin, Vachatseris, Vedizahav, and between Teifel, Lovin, Chatseris, and Dizahav. So before we move on, you can see in the chart over here on the right, the teachings of Rashi on this Pasuk. On the words Eilah Hadvarim, Rashi says as a general introduction to this Pasuk, because this whole Pasuk are words of rebuke. Over here he counted all the places where the Yidin angered Hashem in those places. Because of this, because they're words of rebuke, he hid what he was saying, and he mentioned them only in a hint, because of the honor of the Yidin. And then Rashi proceeds to explain how each of these words indicate a different rebuke, and each of these different words refer to a different rebuke. And then Rashi quotes the very last Rashi in the Pasuk. He quotes the very last words in the Pasuk, and he explains over here, here Moshe rebuked them for the eagle which they made because of the great amount of gold that they had. Like it says in Heshea, I gave them a lot of silver, and gold, and they used it for the Baal for Avedazara. We're going to start off by explaining one detail in this Rashi, and that is that even though Rashi already taught at the start of this Pasuk, on the words Eila Advarim, that that because these are words of rebuke, and Moshe counted over here all of the places where the Yidin angered Hashem in those places, nevertheless, Rashi still starts his teaching with the word Hechichan. He starts off by telling us he rebuked them. And so it seems like a question. Why does Rashi have to tell us he rebuked them? Rashi already told us at the very beginning of the Pasuk that this whole Pasuk are words of, rebu- of rebuke. So it seems that the reason for this is because Dizav isn't included in the Mekhaimis. It's not a place. Because as we'll explain, it seems to Rashi that it's not the name of a place. And therefore, we wouldn't know that also Dizav is included in the Hechicha. Because Rashi said at the beginning that all of these words are words of rebuke because he mentioned the places where the Yidin angered Hashem. Now, since Dizav is not the name of a place, we would think it's not part of the rebuke. And therefore, Rashi starts off by saying, Hechichan, indeed it is part of the rebuke. Although it's not the name of a place, there is a rebuke over here as well. And with this, Rashi is also telling us that Dizav is not the name of a place and a hint to the Techecha, like the other words in the Pasuk. But rather, these words themselves indicate the Techecha about the eagle. But Dizav, it's because of the Zahav, because of the gold that they had. 
And like where Rashi also explains on Ubein Teifel Vlovin there as well, Rashi says that that he rebuked them for the words that they complained about the man which is white. Also there Rashi starts off with the word Hoichichon. In these two teachings Rashi starts with the word Hoichichon. Since it too isn't the name of a place. There's no place named Teifel and Lovin. And we can explain simply that what compels Rashi to say that Dizav isn't the name of a place is that we don't find it mentioned anywhere. And this too is like what Rashi explains on Ubein Teifel Vlovin. Rashi says over there that Chazarnu al Mikra We searched through all the Psukim and we didn't find the place that's named Teifel and Lovin. Ella rather He rebuked them for what they said and complained about the man which was white. So that explains to us why Rashi begins his teaching over here with the word Hoichichon, because otherwise we wouldn't know it's part of the rebuke, because it's not the name of a place. And Rashi told us at the very beginning of the Pasuk that the rebuke was hinted to by mentioning the places where they angered Hashem. So therefore, since it's not the name of a place, Rashi has to tell us that also dissolve and as well as like we said by Teifel and Lovin, they too are part of the rebuke, and therefore Rashi begins his teaching on those words by saying Hoichichon, that he rebuked them, these words are also part of the rebuke. And there are two questions here. The first question is, why doesn't Rashi explain that Dizav is the name of a place, and it's called Dizav because of the Egel Sha'asu Sham Bishvil, Rav Zav. It's named Dizav because of the sin that occurred there, as we find many places in the Torah that are named based on things that were done in that place. And even though we don't find anywhere else in the Torah a place by the name of Dizahov, nevertheless, there are many places that are mentioned in the Torah only one time. So why doesn't Rashi say that Dizahov is the name of a place? And it's named Dizahov because of the eagle that they made because they had so much gold. And if Rashi would learn it that way, that Dizahov is the name of a place, he wouldn't have to start off his teaching by saying, and he rebuked them. Because since it's the name of a place, we'd understand that it's part of the rebuke. And he would just say what the rebuke was. And as an explanation to this question, we're going to point out that it's not similar to Teifel and Lovan. Because by them, we can't say the place is named because Taflu Alaman Shehu Lovan. Because they complained about the man which is white. That's not the reason to give the name of a place to be called Teufel Valovan because Tuflu Alamanchu Lovan. Because when giving a name because of something that happened in a place, the name has to contain in it either the event itself or the thing with which the event occurred with, or at the very least the cause of the event that occurred. So it should be best it would be the actual event itself. Second best would be the thing that it occurred with. And the third th- thing would be the cause of it. But regarding Teufel and Lovan, the man being white is a side point. The fact that it's white has nothing to do with what they complained about. It's just a detail about the man. And the word teifel, because of taflu that they complained, doesn't indicate any specific chait. Because all the chataim of the yidin in the midbar were that the yidin were taflu about something that they complained. So it doesn't contain anything that indicates the name of the place. However, the cause of the sin of the chait over here is hinted to in the name, Dizav. As Rashi says, Sha'asu, they made it Bishvil Rav Zav They made the eagle because of the great amount of gold that they had. So then you could call the place Dizav, because they had so much Zav, because that's the cause of the chait. 
And the second question is, Rashi already taught the content of this teaching in Parshas Kisisa on the Pasuk of Vayoshev Moshe Hashem. Moshe returned to Hashem, Vayemar, and he said, This nation sinned a great sin. They made for themselves a golden god. So Rashi quotes the words, and he explains, You're the one, Hashem, that caused it to them. Because you gave them gold and everything that they wanted. What should they do that they shouldn't sin? And so the question is, if a proof is needed, for this idea, like Rashi teaches here, he brings a proof from Eishah. He says, So if a proof is needed for this teaching, then Rashi should have taught it in Parshas Kisisa, where this teaching was first taught. How come he brings the proof here, and he doesn't bring it earlier in Parshas Kisisa? So we're going to go straight from the questions to the answer. And the answer consists of two parts. There's the main point of the answer, and then we're going to answer the second question and the first question. So the explanation of this is as follows. The need for the teaching of Rashi to say anything in Parshas Kisisa is understood. Because it's very difficult, when we look at the Pesukim, it's very difficult to understand in the introduction of Moshe that he says over there, This is Moshe's introduction, that he says that the nation sinned a great sin and they made a golden god. That's his introduction for his request that comes right afterwards, that where he's requesting forgiveness. This is a contradiction, contradiction to requesting forgiveness. The fact that it's a great sin is not a reason to forgive. It's a reason not to forgive. And therefore, because of this difficulty, that Moshe is using the introduction of He's using that as a reason that Hashem should forgive the Yidin. So we must say that in these words, Moshe is explaining something which minimizes the chait. Meaning that even though the chait itself cannot be diminished, because as Moshe said, It's a great sin. Nevertheless, he minimizes the connection of the Yidin to the cause of the chait. And that's what Rashi explains. It's Hashem, you're the one that caused it to them. Based on the circumstances you put them in, what should they do? Not to sin. And that's what Rashi explains, that Moshe intended to say, that they aren't so much at fault for doing the chait. Now, according to this, it's understood that there's a fundamental difference between the mentioning of the ribuizah, the great amount of gold in Parsha's Kisisa, and the mentioning of the great amount of gold in our Parsha. In Parsha's Kisisa, Moshe said it to Hashem in order to be Malamat's chus on the Yidin. And that's why it's said before his request that Hashem should forgive the Yidin. So it's said in order to be Malamat's chus on the Yidin and to minimize the cause of the chait. That the cause is not associated with the Yidin. It's Atta who should garam Mayasu What should they do not to sin? But in our parasha, Moshe said it about that the Yidin had a great amount of gold and they used it to do an Avera. He said it to be Mechiach of the Yidin. He was saying it to rebuke them. So he emphasizes the greatness of the Chait. So it's two different types of mentioning of the Ribuizav in Parshas Kisisa. It's to minimize the severity of what the Yidin did that it's because of their circumstances, and so they're not so much at fault. And in our parasha, Moshe is saying that they had all this gold from Hashem, and what did they use it for? They used it to go against Hashem. And so now it's understood, this answers our second question, that Rashi is unable to mention in Parshas Kisisa the Pasuk of Ekesavir Basila, Vizahov, and Osulabal, that they used what Hashem gave them to do Avedazara. Because in that Pasuk in Heshea of Ekesavir Basila, Vizahov, and Osulabal, 
the emphasis is that the Yidin used the gold and silver that Hashem gave them, and He gave them a lot of it. And what did they use it for? To do the opposite of what Hashem wants. And this emphasizes the greatness of their chet. So Parshas Kisisa and an hour parsha are two different things. And Parshas Kisisa is using the mentioning of the Ribbizov to minimize the severity of the chet. And in our parsha, it's mentioning it in order to emphasize the severity of the chet. And that's why in our parsha, Rashi brings the Pasuk of Eshia, which also says it to emphasize the severity. That Hashem gave it to the Yidin, and He gave them a lot of it, and they used it for the total opposite of what Hashem wants. They used it for Avodah Zarah. So that's why Rashi brings the Pasuk of Eshia in our parsha, and not in Parsha's Kisisa. Now we can answer the first question as well. According to this, it's understood that we can explain that Dizav is the name of a place which was so named because they made the eagle there Bishvil Rav Zav Shahayalahem. They made the eagle there because of the gold that they had. Based on the above, both the emphasis in our parsha that the Ribuy Zav adds to the severity of the Chait, that they used what Hashem gave them to do the opposite of what Hashem wants. And in Parshas Kisisa, that it minimizes the chait, that my yasu yachtu, and atahu you cause it to them, what should they do not to sin? So both the emphasis in our parsha that the Ribbizav adds to the severity of the chait, and the emphasis in Parshas Kisisa, that it minimizes the chait and its cause, that it's atahu in both of them, the Dizav is a side detail in the manner of how they did the Chait. How did they do it? Or something that helped them do the Chait. It's a detail about the Chait. That they used what Hashem gave them, or the circumstances were very difficult. But it's not the cause of the Chait. The real reason is what the Pasuk says. The people saw that Moshe was late to come down. That's why they did it. So the dissolve is just a side detail that we could use to point out the severity of what they did or to minimize the severity. But it's not the real reason. And therefore it doesn't make sense for the place to be named about a detail that adds or minimizes the severity of the chait. Like we said earlier, if you want to give the name of a place based on an event that happened there, either either has to be the event itself, the name has to be connected to the event itself, or it has to be connected to the thing that the event was done with, or it has to be the cause of the event. But over here, Zav is a completely side detail. It's not the actual Aver, which is Avedah Zarah. It's not the item, which is the Eagle. And it's not the cause, which was Kivayshish Moshe. So it makes no sense that it should be the name of a place. And that's why Rashi doesn't accept that Dizav is the name of a place. And therefore, he has to tell us that although it's not the name of a place, it still is part of the rebuke. And he starts off and tells us, He rebuked them over here with these words, Dizav. And with that, we answered... Both questions. However, this actually brings up a difficulty, and that is that the wording of Rashi isn't understood. According to what we said, so then Rashi should have written over here, Moshe rebuked them for the eagle that they made, not Bishvil Zav but rather Zav with the great amount of gold that they had, which indicates that they used the Zav that Hashem gave them, and He gave them a lot of it to make the eagle. Also like in the Pasuk and Eshaya, where he's rebuking them that they took what Hashem gave them to do the opposite of what Hashem wants. So why does Rashi say Bishvil, which indicates that the Zav was the reason for the Chait? We're not talking about the reason over here. The emphasis over here is not the reason for the Chait, but rather that despite getting the Zav from Hashem and getting a lot of it, they used it to go against Hashem. And especially 
since the intent here is to add to the severity of the chet and not the opposite. And the word bishvil actually does the opposite. It minimizes the severity of the chet. Like we said in Parshas Kisisa, it's because of the zav. And so, you're the one that caused that to them. And So the word bishvil actually fits with Parshas Kisisa and not with our Parsha here. So why does Rashi use the word bishvil over here? And the explanation is based on the Yenishal Torah and Rashi. Rashi says at the very beginning of his explanation on this Pasuk, Rashi says on the words, that Moshe Rabbeinu mentioned these Averis, these Chatoim Beremez in a hint, by saying the places, because of the honor of the Yidin. That's why he said it in a hint. So we can say that Rashi's intent is that just like because of Kvaydin Shal Yisrael, so therefore Moshe hid their chatoim and didn't say them clearly, even though his intent was to be mechiach them. But still, because of Kvaydin Shal Yisrael, he hid the chatoim and he didn't say them clearly. So, so too, and for this very same reason, because of Kvaydin Shal Yisrael, Moshe hinted in these words of his, that he chose these words that were only hints to the chatoim, he also used words that hinted to a limutzchus, to minimize these chatayim, because that too is Kvayden Shal Yisrael. So because of Kvayden Shal Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu did two things. Number one, he didn't say the chatayim clearly, he only hinted to them. And number two, he used such hints that also help as a limud schus to minimize these chatayim, even though he mainly was being mechiach and informing them of the severity of their chet. But still, he was also including in it a limutzchus. And therefore Rashi writes, Bishvil Rav Zahav, to hint to the limutzchus over here, of Parshas Kisisa, that you're the one that caused it to them, what should they do that they shouldn't sin? So Rashi uses over here Bishvil to tell us that when Moshe said Vidizav, even though he was saying Vidizav primarily to emphasize the severity of their Avera, number one, to tell them their Avera, that they did the eagle, number two, to emphasize the severity, that they used the very goal that Hashem gave them to do the opposite of what Hashem wanted. But because of Kwaid and Yisrael, two things, number one, Moshe Rabbeinu only hinted to these Averis, and to this Avera of the eagle. And number two, even in this hint, he was alluding to a limutz chus. Vidizav, it's because of the gold that Hashem gave them, and atu mayasu shaloyachtu. So even though that wasn't the main point of Moshe to be malamutz chus, to the contrary, it was to rebuke the Yidin, and to emphasize the severity of their Averis. But as Moshe Rabbeinu, he included in it a hint to a limutz chus. So besides only hinting to these Averis, he also hinted to, in the words that he did choose, to a limutzchus for the Yidden regarding these Averis that they did. Now we're going to take this idea and apply it to the rest of the Pasuk. So since Moshe was careful here with Kvayden Shal Yisrael, so it's understood that just like regarding Dizahov, the limutzchus is hinted to in the Teichecha itself, so we have to say the same is true also regarding all the other Teichechas in this Pasuk. And they are hinted to in the wording of the Pasuk or the wording of Rashi. So let's go through them. The first one is Bamidbar. And Rashi says, Bishvil Mashichisuhu Bamidbar. It's because of what they angered Hashem in the Midbar, Sha'amru, that they said, Mi'itin Musainu that if only we would die. And it's not understood. Why does Moshe allude to this through the word Midbar, which is a general name for all the places? And he doesn't do it with the name of that specific place where they said, Mi'itin Musainu, which is in Midbar Sin, Asher ben Elim, Uben Sinai. Why does he say just the word Midbar? And the reason is because it's hinting to a limut schus for their complaint. Since they were in the Midbar, which as it says later in the Torah, already learned about earlier in Rashi, it's a Midbar HaGadol V'Aneira Nochash Sarov V'Akro V'Tzimayim Asha'in Mayim. It's a terrible 
terrible midbar. It's a terrible place. So it's understood that it's a great Nisayan, and therefore the Yidin can't be blamed too much for complaining. Under such circumstances, we have for them a limutzchus for saying mitein musenu. The next word of the pasuk is Ba'arava. and Rashi says bishvil ha'arava. It's because of the arava shechatu b'ba'al pa'ar that they sinned with the avodazar of ba'al pa'ar b'shitim in shitim ba'arvas mayav, which is in arvas mayav. And we have to understand arvas mayav was mibeis ha'yishimayis ad ovel ha'shitim. It was a very large area, so it should have said b'shitim in the shitim. That's where the Eden actually did the aver of ba'al pa'ar. They did it in Shittim, which is within Arvis Mayav. So why does the Pasuk say Ba'arava and not Bashitim? And the reason is because it's hinting to a Limitzchus. The Limitzchus is the word Ba'arava is as if it's written Behaharava with a hey Ayadiyah. When you have a Kamatz under the base, it's as if it's written also with a hey. Ba'arava, it's like Behaharava, in the known Harava, which as Rashi says refers to Arvis Mayav. Now let's see how Arvis Mayav is a limutzchus for the Yidin. Rashi says by the naming of Amun Mayav by the daughters of Light that conceived from their father. So Rashi says that on the word Mayav he says Zushalei this one who was not modest Perushashamayaviyahu. She said explicitly that the child was from her father. She named the child Mayav. It's from her father. But the younger daughter gave her child a clean name. She said Amun. And she received the reward in the days of Moshe. Like it says, regarding You shouldn't bother or harass them at all. But by Moshe, Hashem only warned not to wage war against them. But Hashem permitted to harass and bother Moshe. And there's a question over here. Barashi teaches clearly both on the word Lusainai and on Paika Davain Aves Albanim that Hashem punishes the sons for what their fathers did. Rashi says that it's only Kisha Echzin Biadim. It's only when they are still holding on to what their fathers are, did. So why was Mayev being punished? So this proves that they were like this also in the days of Maisha, that they kept this negative quality of a tremendous lack of tsnias. And this is the emphasis of saying Ba'arava, which as Rashi says, it's in the famous Arava. Which one? Arvas Mayav. That it's Ba'arvas Mayav. The key over here is the word Mayav. It's a limitzchus for the chait of Baalpar, which was Avedah Zara, because it was caused by Znus, as we know the story, that it started with Znus. Because, and the limitzchus is because they were in a place where the Nisayim was so great that already from the days of light, there was a lack of Snias by these people. And it continued all the way to the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, so it's understood that it was a tremendous insayan, this lack of sneas and this this aver of znus, which led to the aver of Balpar, and that's why it says Ba'arava, in the Harava, like Rashi says, it's referring to Arvis Mayav, and the reason he uses the word Ba'arava, not Bashitim, is to allude to the famous Arava of Mayav, which hints to us, a limutzchus for the Yidin, that it was a tremendous insayan. The next words on the Pasuk are Mul Suf and Rashi explains Amashahimrubiyamsuf on what they did by the Yamsuf. Yamsuf, when they came to the Yamsuf, Sha'amru that they said, I mean are there no graves in Mitzrayim that you brought us here to die? so too when they traveled out of the Yam, Shinemar, as it says, that they sinned over there as well. And that's referring to, and the Rebbe explains the proof that it's referring to this, it's referring to when the Yidin had to be forced to leave the spoils and the booty of Mitzrayim that was spit out of the Yam. It's not referring to when the Yidin said that just like we came out on this side, the Mitzrayim came out on that side. And then Limutzchus over here is understood. 
When the Eden came to the edge of the Yam, there was no natural way for them to be saved because the Mitzvah were on one side and the Yam on the other side. So we have a limitzchus for the Yidin, that they were in a tremendously difficult situation, and so there's a limitzchus for them saying, and so too when they traveled from the Yam, when they were busy with the booty and the spoils from the Yam, this was something that Hashem commanded them to do. So he could say, it's Hashem's fault, Hashem commanded them to do it, and it's understood their great desire for it. I'm not sure if it's referring here to their physical desire for all the valuables, or it's referring to the Ruchni's Dikah desire because of the Nitzaytas that were there, and that's why Hashem commanded them to do it. Or maybe it's both. At any rate, we could understand, we have over here Limutzchus, that the Yidim were commanded to collect these these valuables, and they had an understandable desire for it. So again, we have a Limutzchus for these Chataim as well. The next words in the Pasuk are Bain Paran, and Mashi says, Val Masha also Midbar Paran, Meraglim. And what they did in Midbar Paran, through the Meraglim. And the question over here is, it should have just said, in short, Bechet HaMeraglim. And Rashi's intent is to point out that the Chet was through the Meraglim, Ayadeya Meraglim, that they persuaded and enticed the Yidin. And if not for the Meraglim, the Yidin would not have sinned. So again, we have a Limutzchus for the Yidin, that they were persuaded and pulled into it by the Meraglim. The next words in the Pasuk are Ubein Teifel V'lavan, and Rashi explains, Shetaflu Alaman Shehu Lavan that they complained about the man which was white. Now the reason in Yeno Shultera that Moshe emphasized that it was white is because since it was white, so it was removed from any colors, which reflects being above being grasped and experienced. Like it's also explained about Moshe Benu wearing white garments in the days of the Meluyim. And so since it was above being grasped and experienced, so they didn't have true pleasure from it. Because a person can't have true pleasure from something which they don't really have a handle on, something which they don't see, it all looked the same, they couldn't have true pleasure from it. And so it's understood that this detail, quote-unquote, justifies complaining about the man. Although that wasn't their complaint, their complaint was not about it being white, like we said earlier, and therefore can't be the reason for the name of the place. We said it wasn't about being white. But Moshe emphasized that it was white in order to hint to this limutzchus that we could understand why they complained about the man, because they couldn't get a true pleasure from it. And then the next word on the Pasuk is Vachatzeris. And Rashi explains, in the argument of Kairach. And the question over here is, it should have said, in the Machlekes of Kairach V'adasi. The reason is because Rashi's intent is to hint also here to the above point that we said about the Meraglim. The Machlekes was only that of Kairach. It was Machlekosai Shal Kairach. And not of the Yidin. And it's just that Kairach persuaded the Yidin like the Meraglim persuaded the Yidin. And like Moshe claimed, and we learned in an earlier Sicha in Chelek Yud Gimel, Ha'ish Echad Yechtov Al Kol If only one of them is truly the one that it's his argument. It wasn't that of all the Yidin. They were just pulled into it. Even though Kairach actually persuaded all of them, and therefore there was an Avera here, but there's also a Limutzchus that Rashi brings out by saying, was the Machlekes of Kairach and not of the Yidin. What we could learn from here is we always read Parshas Dvarim on the Shabbos before Tishabav or on the Shabbos of Tishabav itself. And this is also connected to what we learned. The general idea of the Bena Mitzarim 
is that the time itself is mechiyach the yidden. It's a time of the destruction. It's a time of mourning. And Rashi teaches us at the beginning of our parsha that also in the Techecha Hashem is careful with Kvaidin Yisrael. And the reason is because the purpose of the Techecha and the purpose of the Yeridan Golos, which is what the three weeks represent, Techecha and the Yeridan Golos, the whole purpose is for the Aliyah in order to add in Kvaidin Yisrael. And so it's understood that also in the time of Golos you can recognize Kvaidin Yisrael. One of the ideas where Kvedin Shal Yisrael is emphasized, even in the time of Gaul itself, is what's written, Eicha Yashva Badad, that the Yidin are alone. That there's also a good thing in it. This is what's written, Am Levadad Yishkein Uvagayim Leyes Chashav. This is from the Nevo of Bilam. Now Yidin don't mix with the nations, and like the Maimar Azal of Hashem and Enem Esar of Elohimid oil, it doesn't mix with other liquids, but rather it stands separately above them. Kach Yisrael Enem Esar Vimimahakam. So to the Yidin, they don't mix with the nations. And because of this quality in Eicha Yashva Badad, that Yidin don't mix with the nations, so we should, remer- we should merit that Kvaidin Shal Yisrael should be revealed with the building of the third base of Mikdash, which is the opposite of the Bein HaMikdash, that the third base of Mikdash, as it's explained in Chassidus, is hinted to an hour Pasuk, so we should merit that, Sheibana Beis HaMikdash, Bemheru Ve'emenu Uva'agola Didan.